0: Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaff. Today, I want to talk about realistic expectations. The past couple of weeks, I've had a couple of students come up to me and they're frustrated with their Brazilian jiu-jitsu progress. Now, one of these guys came up to me last week and he's disappointed. He is frustrated and he's contemplating quitting. He's starting to feel like maybe his time would be spent better doing something else. And any time you hear that as a coach, your heart kind of breaks because you want to help all of your students reach their goals. But sometimes you have to remind them of the reality and give them realistic expectations for where they're at in their journey. Because there's two things that I feel like really bring people down when it comes to how they feel about the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. One is the peer group that they're comparing themselves to and two is unrealistic expectations and goals that they've set. And this guy, he is in his mid-40s. So he's probably 44, 45 years old. He's 145-ish pounds. And while he's in great shape, he's not a super athlete. He moves his body pretty good. like He's, he's a decent athlete, but he's not a super athlete. Prior to the pandemic, he was killing it once the pandemic hit, he had to sit out for a year, almost a year and a half. I mean, he was out of the gym for at least a year and three or four months. Now, he wasn't worried about COVID. He didn't feel like he was in any danger, but some of his loved ones were. A couple of the loved ones had some autoimmune issues, and he just didn't feel like it would be responsible for him to, to train jiu-jitsu during that time, and I totally respect that. And I really feel for people that had to sit out from training because of those reasons. I think there's some extra bitterness because of that. It's not like he quit or he stopped doing it. He had to stop doing it. He wanted to continue, but he just wasn't able to because it just wasn't the responsible thing for him to do in his life. And so I really feel for for him and any of you that have had to do that and make that tough decision. But prior to the pandemic, he was killing it. He was very close to his blue belt. He was within six months from getting a blue belt. And you always hate seeing a student drop off at that point for any reason, whether it's on their own or something like the pandemic hits and they have to stop. But he was so close. And he had a practice that is one of my favorite practices I've ever witnessed from a student. It was one of those practices where you watch and you're just reminded of the power of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And you're kind of left with your jaw open because it's almost unbelievable you know, what you saw. We had a couple of guys come in who had just graduated high school. And they had played on the varsity football team for one of the local teams here in Decatur, Alabama. And if you know anything about Alabama football, you know that it is king. We are the best football state in the country. I don't care what anybody says. We're better than Texas. We're better than Florida. Alabama football is the best. Our high school teams are monsters. Like, they are amazing. Consistently, the teams locally around here are sending kids off to high-level D1 schools. A lot of future pros have come from northern Alabama. And so while these guys weren't D1 players or D1 prospects, they were really good athletes. They had good high school careers. And when they came in, they're 240, 250 pounds of athlete. They moved their bodies great. And it was probably the third class. And I watched this gentleman ask each one of them to roll. He he rolled with both of them in the same night. And while he tapped both of them, what impressed me the most was how he did it. He started on his feet with them. He was giving up like a foot in height and about 100 pounds in weight. And he wrestled with them. And he guillotined both of them as they shot in for a double leg. And they were blown away. I was blown away. I was just just so proud of him. And then as the round continued, he ended up on bottom. He worked his way out from the bottom. He kept himself safe, and he found his way back to the top. And man, he got multiple submissions on these two stud athletes and those are huge 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 stepping stones like doing something like that is one of those big indicators that man you know that white belt's really starting to look a much darker color that blue belt you know while he had a couple of things that were still kind of raw and i wanted to see him improve i I saw a blue belt in his very near future but again the pandemic hit he takes off a year and three months and now that he's back he's been training for four or five months but can tell that his motivation, you know, isn't what it was prior to the pandemic. Now, prior to, he was training at least three times a week. He was always training three times a week. So more than the average guy. Sometimes he was training four. He was all in. He loved this. This was his big passion outside of work and his family and loved ones. But especially the past couple of months, like two months, he's really, uh, his attendance has been down. He's been training maybe once a week. He skipped a week here and there. And I've been a little worried about him. So when he came up to me, I wasn't surprised. But the biggest reason that he was discouraged was, again, he felt like he's not improving. He's not getting to the skill level that he wants. But... He's more discouraged that the guys that he had good roles with, that he used to have good roles with, guys that were his tough rounds, or maybe if they beat him, they, they would tap him once, or they wouldn't tap him at all. And then some of the the white belt guys that you know he was training with, he was tapping them, and they weren't tapping him. Now they're all crushing him. A couple of them have been promoted. One of the guys is uh, just got his purple belt a couple of days ago. And I think that was also just kind of like another like little like, uh, disappointment for him. And it's tough when you're kind of dealing with these emotions. You're comparing yourself to a peer group that's really not your peer group anymore. These are all younger guys he was training with. Guys that do not have the life responsibilities that he has. He was always doing great being able to compete with them. You know, he was competing well with the guys that were, you know, in the early stages of blue belt and in their later stages at white belt. But now these guys are all experienced blue belts, and a couple of them are new purple belts. They're just a skill level better than him. They've trained way more. Most of them, at the worst, took 10 weeks off for the pandemic. A lot of them were still training pretty much four times a week. They were just going to each other's houses and doing it privately. But right when our gym reopened, they all came back, and they all hit the ground running. And he just wasn't able to do that and i told him and just like i would tell you guys you have to this is incredibly important you have to find the right peer group to compete with in the gym you have to do it if you do not if you're trying to compete with the wrong peer group you will be left frustrated you will be left feeling like you are not improving the thing about improvement is the better you get the faster you improve And so these guys that he was having tough roles with, they had a year plus mat time on him now that he's taken that time off and their improvements are only getting faster. And so now that a lot of them are in their late blue belt stages and early purple belt stages, they're just improving even at a faster rate than him. And so even if he was training three times a week and they were training three times a week, he's not going to catch them. He would need to train four or five times a week and he just isn't able to do that. And you all know when your motivation isn't there, the last thing you do is add extra training days. Most people do what they reduce their training time, as he's doing. And I really implored him to look. I want you for the next couple of weeks to train with white belts, guys that you know you don't really know. It's a lot of the newer guys. I want you to get some some victories i want you to go out there and i want you to tap the new guys i want you to go crush a couple of these new guys tap them four or five times in a round to remind yourself how far you've come since the beginning and then i want you to seek out the rounds where you're maybe getting one submission or maybe they're getting one submission on you and i want you to establish a new peer group crucial and this week he's come in multiple times i've been was very very happy to see him come more uh, i think he came two times and i think he's going to come probably again tonight But I was happy to see him get in at least twice this week. And I was watching him roll, and he did exactly what I said. And I could tell that, you know, it felt like a lot of that pressure was kind of taken off his shoulders. And I think he also kind of realized with me kind of telling him, like, look, you know, this guy, he trained that entire time you were gone. And a lot of people, they trained started training more. We've had a ton of guys, when they came back from the pandemic, they might have been training once or twice a week. They started training three or four times a week, and they've stayed consistent with that. The pandemic just kind of reminded them that, man, you know, things can be taken away, and while I'm able to do it, I need to take full advantage of that. And a lot of our, especially younger guys, have started doing that or started doing that because of COVID-19. And I think he's going to be very, very happy in a couple of months And he's going to take a couple of bigger, big steps towards blue belts. Because right now, he's, when you see a student discouraged and you see a student rolling that way, it's tough to evaluate them towards that next belt. But I still see glimpses of that skill level, it's there, but he just needs the confidence. And he needs to start finding wins. And it's going to start with some of those easy victories with newer white belts. And he needs to start training with some of those late stage white belts and new early blue belts. And I'm confident that he'll be a blue belt in six just months. Maybe a couple of months more than that. Maybe even a month before that. But he's not too far away. But a lot of times it's just a perspective shift and just realizing that, hey, I'm being unrealistic right now. My reality is this. It's not that. And my goals need to be based upon the reality that that the thing that is actually reality, not what I want it to be. Having goals that do not match your your life and what's actually going on is one of the quickest ways to really get frustrated and, and really quit something that you love. Now, another student is in a different situation. But he's also frustrated. He's absolutely killing it. I I taught this gentleman uh, a private lesson actually um, last week. And I was watching him roll. One of my favorite things to do, I don't always do it, but I really like to do the private lessons this way. I've talked about this before, but I love to watch about four rounds of rolling. I like to get you with somebody that's better than you, somebody that's around the same skill level, and then somebody you're better than. And I like to watch you roll with those three. And then I like to do a private lesson right after that. So I like to watch rolling for about 15, 20 minutes. Then I like to do about a 45-minute lesson and then answer any questions you may have at the end. That always works great. So I did that, and I was really blown away. Like I had noticed that this student was doing really good, and he's been training a little under two years. I knew he was getting close to his blue belt, but, man, he looked like a blue belt. And I told him after our session, I was like, honestly, like, you're right there for blue belt. Like, I would give you a blue belt today, and you look like a blue belt. You know, you definitely, before the end of the year, you're going to probably get a blue belt. Got to discuss it with Brandon, but he's right there. And he just doesn't want it. He, I could kind of tell, like, he kind of shrunk back a little bit and was like, I'm not a blue belt. I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm nowhere near a blue belt. And I've had students do this before, and I'm sure some of you guys have done this, where you're kind of arguing with you know your instructor, like trying to tell them that you're not a belt level that they think you are. And first let me tell you that that's ridiculous. As I was telling him, I was like, look, let me stop you right there. I have watched 10,000-plus rounds. I have seen a million guys go from white to blue. Obviously an exaggeration, but I've seen a ton of guys. I've evaluated a ton of guys. I know what I'm looking for. And I told him, I was like, look, I want you to see, look, look at that guy over there. He's a purple belt. He's a beast, right? Yeah, that guy's amazing. He's a beast. Well, there are 10 reasons that that guy shouldn't be a purple belt. I can think of a couple of things right now that he doesn't do to a purple belt level. But there are so many reasons he should be a purple belt. That's why he is a purple belt. We think of the things that you are. Not, don't think of the things you're not because we cannot be everything, especially in a discipline as diverse and complicated as Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I mean, there's not anybody that has mastered it all. Like Marcelo Garcia, one of the goats. Somebody sent me, um, Brandon actually sent me a video of Marcelo teaching a passing sequence, and I watched it, and it was just poetry in motion. It was the best knee slice I've probably ever seen. It was just beautiful. But Marcello's not a master leg locker. He's not a master black belt at heel hooks. He's not. And all of us have that, right? Every single person at your gym, every colored body, I should say, has techniques that he's very, very good at, she's very, very good at. But they also have techniques that are not to their standard and skill level. And that's okay. That's why we all continue to train every single day. And this gentleman was really, his big reason was that he's got one or two basic movements that he's poor at, particularly Gramby's. He's like, I, I am not very good at Gramby's, and I, I just, I can't be a blue belt if I can't Gramby. Like, if I can't, if I don't have the Gramby master, I can't be a blue belt. And I was just trying to explain to him, I'm like, look, dude, look. Yes, while your Gramby isn't up to high level standards, maybe it's not a blue belt standard. You do so many other things that blue belts do and maybe you do things um, you, you, I shouldn't say maybe you do do things that are better than, than some current blue belts at our gym. And while yes they might gramby better than you you do this better than them. And this skill is just as important as being Like you have some basic skills that are very very good. You check a lot of the blue belt boxes. And if you're having to check like so many guys they just they have this checklist they think about the next belt and this is probably one of the top three reasons people get really really frustrated and when when they when they're thinking about jujitsu is because whatever belt you're at okay so if you're blue belt right now you create the next belt the purple belt as this super difficult thing you have all these standards and check boxes that you have to hit before you get purple belt so then when you're rolling and or you're practicing your skills and you're not doing these skills and you're not rolling to your imagined blue you know the the, the checklist you've given yourself to, to become that purple belt which you really want to do you get frustrated you feel like a failure you feel like you'll never get there you feel like oh man I, you know, i still suck i still suck because i can't do it like this and if I really want to be a purple belt, I have to do this. It's like, dude, no, you don't. You, I don't want you guys creating checklists for belts or moves you feel like you have to master for that next belt. As long as you're improving any of your skills, you are taking steps towards your next belt. There are bazillions of techniques in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Just because you have a couple of them that you feel like are necessary and you're not very good at them doesn't mean you're not still good. My closed guard is not black belt level. It's nowhere near black belt level. I'm going to be honest. And closed guard, I might be a, a pretty good blue belt. Like, I'm obviously very capable of submitting white belts from my closed guard. But, man, me and blue belt, like, I might have a tough time submitting some blue belts. I mean, I definitely do. And so if your standard for black belt was master at closed guard, I'm not a master at closed guard. But I have so many other skills that I am very, very, very good at, and I do at a very, very high level black belt level. Does that mean I'm not a black What Am I a black belt or not? Of course I'm a black belt. And I've learned to let that go. And I think that's one of the big things at black belt is you learn to let that go. You learn to let those things go. Because I remember being a blue belt and feeling like I had to get really, really good at this skill. And if I didn't perform this skill well, then I could never get promoted. And stuff like that, it's not a healthy way to think. As long as you're finding techniques that inspire you to come to training, that make you happy to come to training, make you feel like you're improving with those techniques, you are taking steps towards your next belt. I promise you. I hope that helps, guys. Until next time, you guys know I love and appreciate you. I cannot wait for this UFC card this weekend. Peter Yon versus Corey Sandhagen is the fight of the weekend, one of the best fights of the year. I can't wait. I, I think Peter's going to win, but, man, it's going to be an absolute war. Later.